Jim, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you fellows? Very well, thank you. Good. Jim, your new book, The Road to Hockey Town, my 40 years in the NHL. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it took about four years to do. It was at the suggestion of Roger Lejoie, local radio uh, guy there in Toronto, and uh, so we worked on it. And uh, a lot of very interesting stories, you know, over 40 years. I've worked with some pretty interesting people in the league, you know, from people like Scotty Bowman to Al Arbor to Bill Torrey to Mike and Marion Illich to Ken Holland. So there's a lot of interesting stories, and uh, I think that people in in the hockey business might, might enjoy certainly parts of it. All right. What's one of the stories that somebody's going to read and go, oh, my goodness? Well, I think um, uh, th- there's a story that was never told until it was in this book at how uh, – uh, Mike Illich uh, almost purchased Grant Fuhrer for $5 million from Peter Pocklington. This was a year before Gretzky was moved to L.A. for $15 million. Oh. And, uh, yeah, quite a, an interesting story. And it was never really revealed until I did now in this book. Uh, 1988, uh, Peter Pocklington flew into uh, Detroit to meet with Mike Illich and myself and Obviously, he had a case of the shorts with money and was looking for, you know, to $5 million uh, uh, for us to acquire Grant Fuhrer. And actually, if it had just been the money, uh, we probably would have done it. And that was a lot of money back then. But when uh, we agreed to do it for the money, then the second part came, and it was about players being shipped from Detroit to Edmonton. And, of course, Glenn Sather's a smart guy and he wanted a lot of our younger players, so the deal never happened. Jimmy, when you uh, look back to the year that uh, you you came to the Detroit Red Wings uh, from the Stanley Cup uh, winning teams with the New York Islanders, um, you you look at uh, the ownership there, and uh, and Mike and Marion Illich, I mean, they are probably, for people that work in the hockey business, their owners come true, aren't they? Because uh, they they were devoted hockey people, right, with their Detroit Little Caesars and amateur hockey. You talk about owners that knew the hockey, like the game of hockey, right from the little kids up. I mean, they've done a tremendous job there at uh, at uh, at making the Detroit Red Wings hockey town USA. Well, no question about that, Gary. You're right. Uh, uh, 27 years ago, of course, Mike and Marion Illich should just purchase the Red Wings from from the Norris family who had owned it for 50, 50 years, Gary. And they uh, were building their pizza empire at that time. But, you know, they had four boys. They all played hockey. And uh, and they had been had started a hockey program, as you alluded to, uh, Little Caesars program, and uh, is still running it today with uh, literally thousands of kids in Michigan playing on their Caesars program. They had been sweet holders and and season ticket holders at the old Detroit Olympia. So they were Detroiters. They were passionate about, uh, you know, reviving the team. And uh, so I I was fortunate, uh, Gary, that they brought me in from the Islanders to sort of get that thing going. And, and, uh, yes, they have been model owners. Jimmy, um, my memory uh, serves me correctly. Didn't when they bought that franchise, didn't they pay, like, about, it was under $10 million, wasn't it? Well, the original cost to Gary, uh, and I hope you're sitting down, was $3 million in two Chuck E. Cheese franchises. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth, $3 million in two Chuck E. Wow. Cheese franchises. But, Gary, 
Uh, what happened was we didn't own the building, we didn't own the rights right. or the other events in the building, and we didn't have the concessions. And uh, we lost a lot of money that first year because you just can't operate if you don't have concessions and all the other events in the building. So that summer after our first year, Mike Illich uh, went to Bruce Norris and offered him $8 million uh, for the rights to Joe Louis Arena. And uh, fortunately for Mike and Marion, uh, Bruce uh, took the offer, and uh, so then they had the rights to the building. And actually, Gary, to be truthful, we didn't start actually uh, – we hadn't. We didn't become profitable until my fifth year there, which was the Illich's fifth year. The first four years, uh, they actually had to dump quite a bit of money into the franchise because, Gary, if you recall, uh, when when I arrived here, we only had 2,100 season tickets, yeah, and it exactly. sure as heck wasn't Hockey Town, was it? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was the Dead Wings. Yeah, right. that's right, Gary. You know, so, um, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, you could say that they paid three million for the team, eight, another eight for the building. That's eleven, and they probably dropped another nine million in to keep the team afloat for the first four years. So, it was, a, you know, probably a twenty million dollar investment. But I would suspect today, if you wanted to sell the team, you could get three hundred to three hundred and fifty million for it. I'll have a check for that for you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted oh, to ask boy. you. I wanted to ask you, Jim, because a lot of people were talking uh, as training camps were starting that the Detroit Red Wings had uh, the kind of problem that every owner, every coach, every general manager would like to have: too many guys in camp, lots to choose from. Do you look at it that way, or is it uh, another kind of a different kind of a problem? I guess for you guys, in that you've got all these to choose from. What are you going to do now? No, it's 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 a great problem for a hockey person to have. And, you know, down the road, everything will sort itself out. I mean, you know, you have a roster limitation. You now have a hard salary cap limitation. And really, you can't hold young kids back too long because after three years, they require waivers. So, you know, you have to be really diligent and really make good decisions. And, uh, you know, and that's really the process that Ken Holland and Mike Babcock and our people, uh, you know, will be going through here over, over the next year. We do have some pretty good young kids, but, uh, you know, the NHL isn't a kids' league, and we're, you know, we're trying to defend the Stanley Cup, and, and uh, there's something about experience at this level that's very important. So it's a fine balance, but hopefully we'll make the right decisions here on who to keep and who maybe we, we can't keep for all the limitations that you do have under this system. Jimmy, I mean, your team looks extremely good again uh, on the ice. And uh, and, and i got to ask you, though, when it comes to the business side of the National Hockey League right now, I, I know that uh, your hockey club had, uh, well, the, they the whole city of the whole city of Detroit but the whole um, state of Michigan last year because of the car industry you know had some some difficulties and now with the the, the crisis really that uh, America is in uh, financially with the stock market and, uh, and the bailouts I mean how is that affecting uh, the state of Michigan right now and how is it affecting the Detroit Red Wings well as far as the city and the state it's a pretty grim situation Gary uh uh, I'm convinced that if we didn't have Social Security in this country and unemployment insurance, we'd have a 1929-style depression. I really believe that. I think that Social Security and unemployment insurance is keeping us away from that serious depression. 
it's it's pretty tough. The automotive industry is in the dumper, Gary. Uh, we're going to uh, sell, Gary, uh, 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 close to 14,000 season tickets. Uh, you know, our, our high uh, in our heyday was 17,000. But, uh, you know, companies have gone bankrupt. People have lost their jobs. And so it, it, it's been a struggle. We have a 20,000-seat building here. Uh, we'll go into the season with 14,000 tickets sold. Uh, Gary, to be very frank with you, some games uh, we'll, we'll sell the other 6,000 tickets. Uh, some midweek games w- against maybe opponents that are, are not appealing, uh, we'll, we'll possibly have two, 3,000 unsold seats. But overall, I would say to you this, that of the 24 USA teams, I think a lot of people would still like to be in our situation vis-a-vis attendance, albeit, Gary, we won't sell 20,000 tickets a night all, all, all season long. No, and that's a, a shame because you've got such a, a, a great, entertaining team to Thank to you. watch, and and, uh, and certainly you. that's a credit to all of you. Uh, but uh, i gotta, I got to look at it from a business side and, and say, well, it's not a shortage of hockey fans. We all know that in the Detroit area, Michigan area. So from a, a television standpoint, I mean, uh, have, uh, have have you already seen from last year and, and uh, this year in the early season with your preseason games? Well, uh, have, actually, have numbers spiked? Actually, Gary, our television numbers are phenomenal. Yeah, they must and, be. And what, that, and what that tells you is the very thing that you're saying. We do have a lot of hockey fans here. We do have a lot of passionate fans but Gary, instead of spending forty or fifty or sixty bucks on a ticket, you know they have to fill their gas tank. They have sure. to eat. They have to pay a mortgage. It's a little bit easier to flick on the television. But our ratings are very, very good. We do have a good local agreement here, a good local rights agreement with Fox, and and that really, really helps. Uh, and uh, so from that standpoint, we're encouraged and. And uh, if the economy does come back and improve, uh, you know, I think we'll be a major benefactor uh, with yeah. that. But when that's going to happen, uh, yeah, who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah, it could be. A, it could be a long time, as some economists are saying now, maybe four or five years sure. before we're going to to see this back again. One quick more, one more quick hockey question here for you, Jimmy. And then when you take a look at the Western Conference, we know all know about the balance, the competitive balance, but. If uh, looking into your crystal ball right now, who's the team, one team in particular, and I know that there's a lot of them, uh, but one team that uh, you look at and say, that team is going to be tough to beat this year? Well, I, you know, uh, Gary, uh, San Jose, I think, uh, uh, have a pretty good club, and they perennially do. And I suspect they'll, you know, they'll battle very, very hard. They always do. Uh, they I got think, a coach that knows something about you guys. Well, he sure does. He's a good young <laughs> coach. He's, he's really a good man, and and we were sorry to lose him, but you know uh, he it was a wonderful opportunity for him, and he'll he'll have that club going. He's he's a good uh, good man, Gary, and uh, you know obviously uh, Anaheim uh, always have a pretty pretty good club. Uh, a lot of people seem to feel that Chicago and Edmonton. Uh, with their younger players, are about to take another step. I I did see Columbus on the weekend, and I, I was quite pleasantly surprised to see a number of good young draft picks on Columbus that they've been kind of uh, developing over the years, and they might now be ready to to finally make a step, you know, and 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 maybe challenge for a playoff spot. So 
it's a it's it's a tough conference, uh, uh, Gary. There aren't too many weaklings in the West, and um, you know we'll have to be at our very best, uh, Gary. Obviously, to, to to try to win it. Jim, you mentioned Chicago just quickly. Uh, uh, you miss having Scotty Bowman around. Well, we do. Uh, Scotty's a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I talked to him this morning. <laughs> I talked to Scotty this morning. You know, of course, we're still very fond of him, uh, fond of him, and you know, he still remains a friend. Uh, uh, really, uh, you know, to be honest, Scotty would have finished his career with us, but he has a son who's the assistant general manager, Stanley Bowman, over in Chicago, and the son has had some health issues, and he wanted his dad to come over and work with him and help him and. And uh, we felt that, uh, you know, letting Scotty go and do that was the honorable thing to do. And uh, so uh, that that really was the reason Scotty left. Otherwise, you know, he really would have retired with us. But we remain friends, and uh, and he'll uh, he'll give that program a shot in the arm for sure, like he has every place he's been. Uh, we just hope it's not too big a shot in the arm 